Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen nicotine pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music and lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Thanks for listening to the best of Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. This is the best of the Herd with Colin Cowher on Fox Sports Radio. Here we go with the Friday Fired Up Live in Los Angeles. It's the Hurt. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thank you for choosing us. There's a lot of choices out there, and you know I always appreciate that. J-Mac, last night, oh, I mean, I'm just sitting there with a notepad. <laughs> I love, it's almost unhealthy. I love the schedule release. We know who's playing. We don't know when and where and the time. And the NFL's got all this data historically on what helps their broadcasting partners. And uh, you saw them act. It was on full display last night. Not great news for the New York Jets, Colin. Brutal first six games. I'm going to have to adjust that floor of 10 or 11 wins. Just a little bit. Just a taste. So I've been in TV a long time, and the NFL's been in TV a lot longer than I have. They front load the schedule. And the reason they do this is because the fall weather in September and early October in America is absolutely beautiful. And so a lot of people, I'm one of them, I, I don't want to go back inside and watch TV, but I'm a sportscaster. It's what I do for a living. But to get people in Chicago and San Francisco and Philly and New York back into the house in September and October when the weather's wonderful, you front load the schedule with big games. Everybody organically comes back into the house Thanksgiving, December, January, February, because the weather stinks, right? And so in a lot of the country, the ratings surge because now everybody's in the house. But so they front load the schedule to put big marquee games up in September and October to get you back in the house. They've been in this TV business for a long time. It works, and the NFL front loads their schedule. But boy, I'll tell you what, the Jets took the brunt of it. This is what happens. Be careful what you wish for. You want a star quarterback since Joe Namath? You haven't had one? You got one. And this is what you get. And I always say, the schedule, I know who you play, but when you play them, does absolutely, in my opinion, change how I view you by a game or two. The Jets, with a bunch of young players, if Zach Wilson's the quarterback, this is not the schedule. Bills at the Cowboys, Patriots, Mahomes, Denver, Sean Payton, Russell, Eagles, bye. Yeah, bye, like bye-bye. Uh, that's brutal. And again, if Zach Wilson's the quarterback, that's not the schedule. That's not the schedule. You do this because Aaron's a star quarterback. He is polarizing. And by the way, where it really hurts them is go look at Miami's schedule. Because I, th- I see these teams as 9 or 10 win teams. But I look at that schedule and I think the Jets win a l- one less game than I thought due to that. I think the Dolphins win one more game than I thought due to theirs. The Dolphins do their longest road trip of the year in week one. The league does them a favor in L.A. They get it right out of the way. Then they get both the Patriots and the Bills, their primary rivals. Those could be awful winter road games. They get them done by October 1st. And then from December 3rd, when they play the Commanders, that's an afternoon game on Fox. The minute that game is over, they get on a plane. They, for the next 34 days, are in Miami 
all but two days. They'll fly up the day before to face Baltimore December 30th, and they'll play them the 31st and get back. 28 to 33 days or something like that in your home state, at home, comfortable. That is a favorable schedule. And the fact that they're in the same division and about equally talented, that to me is the difference between if Tua is healthy, putting Miami second and the Jets third. Now, the Jets could still get as a wild card, but that is where schedules matter. you got Aaron Rodgers who can be prickly, doesn't love criticism. He's got young kids. You could have easily put the Eagles later. You could have put the Bills later. They got the Cowboys on a short week. The other thing is is now you've got all these television games for Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. Oh, I love that. Players hate it. Peyton Manning hated that. Because football players, as a rule, they like routine. They like habits. Peyton Manning hated the double halftime in the playoff games, the long pregames. He had a routine. Most quarterbacks do. And so now they're going to be on six standalone games. That is not good. So when I look at the Jets and the Dolphins, that is exactly. Now, when Russell Wilson was a Bronco last year for the first time, you also saw a little bit of this where they started on Monday night football like the Jets. Remember the Seahawks? And then week three, they were on Sunday night football. And then week six, they were on Monday night again because of Russell Wilson. They front-loaded that schedule too, but it didn't look anything like this. Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Belichick, Mahomes, Russell Wilson now with a Hall of Fame coach, and Jalen Hurts in that offense? That is insane. Now, if you can go 3-3, three and three, you should be overjoyed. And they may do that. But if you look at the Dolphins' schedule, there's no question they get small benefits. The end of the season, they're at home. They get the New England Buffalo games without the bad weather. They get their long road trip, right? Their long domestic road trip out week one. It all helps inches, not feet. And that's the difference to me between the Dolphins winning 10, not 9, and maybe the Jets winning 9, not 10. Oh, God, I just poured over this stuff all night. Are you kidding me? You thought I was pouring over gin and soda. I was pouring over schedules, baby. Okay. Let me just talk briefly about the Sixers meltdown last night. So we said yesterday on the show, I don't trust Philadelphia. And I've been on this all year. Love Philadelphia. I've watched more Philadelphia than I have every team in the league except the Lakers and the Warriors. I love Embiid, Harden, Maxi, Doc, Alpha, Crowd, Rowdy. I love Philadelphia. But I can love something and not trust it. <laughs> right? I love Philly. I don't trust them. And they've become the Kirk Cousins of the NBA. The brighter the lights, the more they shrink. Because they have all sorts of people with bad playoff history. Doc Rivers has lost a couple of 3-1 series leads. Harden historically gags in the playoffs. And now, Joel Embiid's never made a conference final. Now, it's only game six last night. They have one more chance. They're not beating Boston in Boston. You know they're not. And I said all season long. I love this team. I love watching this team play. All sorts of flash and fun and ego and alpha. But Doc Rivers' teams now are on an eight-game losing streak in games in which they can clinch a conference final. Oh, and eight. And yesterday, I picked the Celtics by four or five. I said they're going to take control of this thing. And what do you know they did? And think about this. Think about this. You're at home. It's going to be the biggest, loudest, most lubricated crowd of the year. You got a, you got a, you got a 3-2 series lead. You got a chance to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. And their star player, their star, Jason Tatum, misses 13 of his first 14 shots. And you are so unprepared, you trail by seven at half. I mean, when Kobe was in his prime and you played the Lakers, if he missed 13 of his first 14 shots, you damn well better lead at half. They trailed at half. They weren't ready to play. And now you saw Harden and Joel Embiid walking up that floor late. Now you wonder as you head to a game seven, is there dissension in the ranks? We stopped moving the ball. And... Uh... I think I don't think I touched the ball the last four minutes of the game. I, I gotta be, you know, more demanding 
um, but uh, kind of went away from what was working at the beginning of that fourth quarter. Um, yeah, but, um, you know, as a big, it's hard to, you know, go get the ball and, you know, just create, you know, for yourself. Um, but, you know, I, I, I just, I just got to go get it. Not good. I'll also throw this out. There are times, I know he's the MVP, there are times when Harden and Embiid are both on the floor, the ball dies. Embiid early in the game, give him the ball. Bro, turn and drive or turn and shoot. Don't kill the rhythm of the offense. Sometimes when you get Harden, who over dribbles, and Embiid, who pauses, hurts and jerks a bit too much before shooting, you just kill. It's like the opposite of the Warriors. Just kick. It just dies. There are times I think they're they're actually, and the net rating proves it, better with him off the floor in tight situations. The ball movement's better. So I like the Boston Celtics to eventually win this thing. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. People perceive either Kansas City or Cincinnati or Buffalo as the number one seed uh, in the AFC. I do not, and schedules matter. The Jacksonville Jaguars got a schedule break, so they only face four elite quarterbacks, and we knew this, three at home and one in a neutral field. But they got them all spaced out. They face Mahomes at home week two. And they don't have to face Josh Allen until October week five. Then they don't have to face Burrow at home week 12. And then later it's at home again. They get Lamar Jackson. It all got spaced out. In the other 13 games, they have a decided quarterback advantage. Three of them at home, one in a neutral field. Okay, But we knew that before the schedule came out. It's very hard to beat great quarterbacks in their stadium or in succession week after week after week. The, the Jags don't. They never face one on the road, and they don't have to face them. They're all spaced out. What about Kansas City? No, didn't work that way. Chiefs did not get a scheduling break. From October 1st to November 20th, seven weeks in a row, it is a gauntlet at Aaron Rodgers, at Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson and Sean Payton on a short week at home. Then you get the Chargers and Justin Herbert. Then it's back to Denver and Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. Then it's Miami and Tua in Frankfurt. And then it's Jalen Hurts. You're not beating seven teams in a row like that. You, when you face a gauntlet of elite quarterbacks, you just, you're not going to do it, especially when many of the good ones are on the road. You're not going to do it. Jacksonville doesn't have to face any of them on the road, and they're all spaced out. Also for Jacksonville... You get Doug Peterson. These free agents now in year two are all baked in. This Jacksonville reminds me of Philadelphia last year. The head coach for the Eagles and these Jags is in year two. The young promising quarterback for those Eagles and these Jags is in year three. Both were a surprise playoff team, the Jags last year and the Eagles the year before last year. And both get an easy schedule. The Jags this year and the Eagles last year. What did the Eagles become? The number one seed in the NFC, surprising a lot of people. J-Mac, if you recall, was not surprised. J-Mac was on this last summer when he first got on the show. He said, look at Philadelphia's schedule. They're going to be a number one seed. They don't face a lot of elite quarterbacks. This is the Jags' schedule. They face four elite quarterbacks, Three at home, one in the neutral field, and the games are all spaced out. You can beat Herbert and Hertz and Mahomes. You're not beating them three times in a row if you play them. So the NFL jammed a lot of the great quarterbacks the Chiefs play into a seven, eight-week period. Those are And some on a short week, one overseas. That is a really tough draw. We knew the Chiefs would have a tough schedule. That makes it a little harder. Jags are going to be... The number one seed in the AFC. He called the Eagles last year. I'm calling the Jags this year. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds you know, the basketball nerds. Like, you know, it's Creighton. You don't watch Creighton. 
they play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team that cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I talked to my buddies about this, is that, um, you know, you don't want to baby and coddle your kids, but you want them to have a better life than you did. But the truth is, uh, you know, if you coddle your kids and they have a better life, yeah, they probably grow up softer and not as tough. And there's an old saying, I forget what it is. It's like uh, 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 hard times create tough men, tough men create soft times, soft times create soft men or something like that. I don't know what it is, but the, the reality is, is... um. They got to take the training wheels off Jordan Love of the Packers. Because if you look at the schedule, folks, for the first five games, they face really bad defenses last year. I'm not saying all these defenses will be bad, but the Bears, the Falcons, the Lions, the Raiders certainly aren't going to be great defenses. So this entire landscape for Jordan Love is built for a success. Three years of tutoring behind Aaron, same system three years, same coach three years, good O-line run game and an early schedule that really benefits Jordan Love. This is a really workable schedule. By December 9th against the Raiders, we'll know if he can play. I don't need him to be 5-0. and I don't need him to be 4-1. and But I better see some talent, composure, and it. Because this is not... You know what this reminds me of a little bit? I mean, we've had the training wheels on Jordan Love here. And that's fine. But this reminds me of Mac Jones. When Mac Jones went to the Patriots, they didn't have good wide receiver talent. And right now, Green Bay does not have great wide receiver talent. But they had a good O-line, like the Packers, a good run game, like the Packers, a good culture, like the Packers, a good head coach, like the Packers. Okay? And so Mac Jones came in as a rookie. Now, Jordan Love has had three years. Mac just came in as a rookie and had to play. So if you go back and look at Mac Jones, the rookie year numbers, now look at those numbers. For Mac Jones' rookie year, 67% completion percentage, 92.5 passer rating, 22 touchdowns, 13 picks. Jordan Love, if he's that with better mobility, I would be satisfied. That is not unrealistic. This is very much Mac Jones. You do not have great wide receivers. You don't get it all. But the Packers in New England, you get the coach, you get the culture, you get the stable O-line, you get the inertia, you get the winning momentum, you get a good run game, that is more than enough. That is more than enough. No more babysitting. 
because at Chicago, at Atlanta, Detroit, and at Vegas, those are bad. Those were atrocious defenses last year. Now, they all addressed it in the offseason, but they're not going to go from that to the Niners or that, <laughs> you know, that to uh, the Eagles. These are not going to be great, de- or that to the Bengals or that to the Ravens. That's not what they're going to do, or that to the Steelers. We're, we know those teams are not going to be that good. Now, New Orleans at home, you get them at home, that's the good defense you face. And I don't need you to beat all these teams. I don't need you to beat four of these teams. But, um, man, this is the training wheels are off for Jordan Love. I'm not even waiting to thank. I watched this schedule last night. I'm like, it'd be one thing if they'd have had, you know, the Steelers, the Chiefs, you know, uh, the Giants. If you'd have stacked it early with defenses. This is like a layup drill for a good quarterback. And I don't need him to be great. If he is as good as Mac Jones, who didn't get Three years in the league, practice, a tutor. He didn't get that. Mac Jones had to come in and play. If he can give me Mac Jones numbers and with more mobility, then I think you have to be satisfied. Not saying you have a star, but Mac Jones went out without three years and the same quality O-line, run game, culture, top coach. Great home field advantage, Green Bay and New England. 92.5 passer rating. 67% 67% completion percentage, 22-30. By the way, Mac didn't also, he had competent tight ends. He didn't have great tight ends. Green Bay just drafted two tight ends. They should be more than competent. They won't be great as rookies, but they'll be more than competent. This is very much Mac Jones, but Mac didn't have the advantage of just sitting at practice for three years. I thought Mac did pretty well, all things considered. So it's, a, you know what I like about this stuff now is that I'm waiting to see if Justin Fields, I'm going to talk about the Bears later. If you look at Chicago's schedule, it is made to order for Justin. We're going to get answers this NFL season, right? Like you go into a season, you go, is this guy good? Is this coach good? This is going to be the year of answers. Is Robert Sala the coach? Can Tua stay healthy? Is Jordan Love it? Justin Fields, no more excuses. But I looked at this with Jordan Love, and I thought, okay, all right, we're going to know by week six. When that, when, that, what's that, when that Vegas game on October 9th, it's Monday Night Football, 7-15. That's Eastern, so 4-15 Pacific. So out here by 7-45 on October 9th, <laughs> Green Bay at Vegas, we will know if Jordan loves it. We'll know. Three years in this system, that O-line, that coach, that run game, we'll know. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Earlier this week, I had a remarkably uh, um, brilliant trade proposal. And then I've said, and any Celtic fan will tell you this who watches the games, is they have to win by blowout. They can't win close games. They did last night, but they felt it was a very comfortable game in which I really did feel like Boston controlled the game, even though Tatum was awful for three quarters. But in my trade scenario, it was you keep Jason Tatum. But can you find him a partner that doesn't sap some of, some of the alpha out of him? He's more Wiggins than MJ or Kobe. He just is. Uh, and so when he had a great fourth quarter last night, it doesn't change my view at all on Jason Tatum. He's a top 10 player. He's fantastic. I just wish he was more alpha. Uh, he had a great fourth quarter. He's had dozens of great fourth quarters over the last six years. My concern remains the Celtics in close games. Last night doesn't change anything. I would keep Jason Tatum. The question is, why don't we get that more often where Jason Tatum literally takes over a game? He was dominant in the fourth quarter. It was, by the way, another great example of why is Marcus Smart taking shots in the fourth? Why does Al Horford get the ball? This is what fourth quarter should look like for Boston. The numbers don't lie. They have struggled in close games. It's not because Tatum's not talented. It's because he feels Brown is a more aggressive athlete and person, and he takes some of the alpha away from Tatum. So last night's only what all Celtic fans have been hoping for, 
but have seen before. They just want more of it. And I said, even if they won a title, Boston would be satisfied because they only have one in 35 years. But even if they won the title, you still got to pay these guys. They've qualified for a $613 million max deal. And I don't think Tatum and Jalen Brown are a perfect match. I think if you moved Brown and you could get a lot for him regardless of where you moved him and got more natural shooting around Tatum, the Celtics are good enough defensively. Tatum's an elite defender. Robert Williams is. Marcus Smart is. I don't worry about the Celtics' defense. It's not as good as last year. That could be coaching. But they're still a good defensive team. Here was Tatum after his great fourth quarter last night. I'm one of, humbly, one of the best basketball players in the world. You know, go through struggles, go through slumps. It's a long game. And, you know, thankful I got some great teammates that held it down. Brogdon, JB, Smart, Al. And they all trust me, right? They tell me, keep taking great looks. It's going to fall. Keep impacting the game in other ways. And all that mattered was we won this game, right? Give ourselves another chance, come back home, you know, for game seven. Listen, being humble for great athletes is a wonderful thing off the field. At home, at dinner with your children, I'm not interested in humble in the fourth quarter. I want you to almost be delusional, kind of off-center, believing you're the greatest performer in an arena. Then you flip the switch as you walk off the court, and you can be gracious and humble. Performers do this all the time on Broadway. They don't go home singing all day. They turn it on. They're theatrical. Nobody questions whether Tatum's a great basketball player or a great person, but he's got to flip that, that Michael Kobe switch, that James Harden regular season switch, and say, it's my team, my franchise, my game. Give me the ball. I don't like humble players in the fourth quarter. Steph Curry's a wonderful human. He ain't humble in the fourth. He's shaking it. He's taunting you. He's getting in your face. He's exactly what I want. Great off the court, great dad, great husband, great person, great ambassador. All ego and self-confidence in the fourth. That's exactly what our entertainers and our, and our performers should be. We just want more of it from Jason Tatum. We don't want to trade Jason Tatum. He's great. Okay. NFL schedule. Here was another thing I saw last night. So there is debate about Justin Fields. I think he's a 60-40 going into this year. It's going to work. I do not believe the Bears historically have known what the hell they're doing with offense. You can't even name their best receiver ever or their best quarterback. I mean, it's embarrassing. They've been around for a zillion years. But I thought the schedule really worked in Chicago's favor. I mean, they got to face Mahomes. That's week three. And then they got to go on the road late October to Justin Herbert. That'll probably be a home game. There'll be a ton of Bears fans at that Chargers game. But they face two elite quarterbacks all season. Derek Carr at home. Jared Goff, you know. But, but I look at that schedule, and here's what I think is fair with Justin Fields. You're going to lose to Mahomes on the road. Fair. You're going to lose to Herbert on the road. He's better than you. Fair. I'll even give you losing to Derek Carr and Jared Goff on the road. I think you could be better than both, but right now they're better than you, and it is hard to beat B-plus quarterbacks are better on the road. There's four losses. And maybe I give you losing at home to the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson, that being in week four. But now you've got two legitimate tight ends. Cole Komet, Robert Tanyan from the Packers. Three legitimate receivers, Mooney, DJ Moore, and Claypool. You're now in year two of Luke Getze's offense. And your O-line, though not great, was rated 14th. That's the top half, not the bottom half of the NFL. It ain't great. It's not as bad as the Giants, and they made the playoffs with Daniel Jones. And no receivers. No more excuses. This schedule, they even space out the tough quarterback games. You got Mahomes on the road early, mid-season at Justin Herbert. Eh, nah, Mid-November, a few weeks later, you got to go face Jared Goff on the road. Then it's a bunch of Desmond Ritters, Arizona potential backup, Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield, 
rookie Bryce Young, this schedule, if you're a, I'm not even asking you to be Mahomes Herbert. I'm not even asking you to beat Jared Goff or Derek Carr. But if you're more than just a highlight YouTube quarterback, if you're a good quarterback, I got to see 10 wins. Now, J-Mac is a believer on them. But I look at this schedule. They spaced out the tough ones. He now has, they spent real money on their offense. He has three legitimate receivers. I don't, DJ Moore's real. Mooney's a very nice number two. Claypool's maybe a three. They've all had big seasons or big games or big moments. Those are legitimate. Two tight ends. Second year, Luke Getze. Your left tackle, the rookie last year, rated actually higher than anybody could have hoped. I want to see it. Are you a highlight guy or are you a guy that can move the chains? Because this schedule, there's not a, not a single streak of elite passers anywhere on this schedule. Because I've said before, if you look at Kansas City's schedule and they have Andy Reid and Mahomes, they have a seven-game gauntlet of great quarterbacks. You don't go 7-0 and in those. You can't win shootouts week after week after. Nobody can stop anybody in this league. Okay, so you're not going to go. I mean, they couldn't stop Philadelphia in the Super Bowl. You needed a quarterback to win it. And I'm not saying you're Mahomes, but there is no gauntlet. There's no back-to-back roadies against great quarterback. They're all spaced out. Now we see. I love this year. Jordan Love, no excuses. Schedule works in your favor. Justin Fields, there's a nice, comfortable schedule. When you look at the schedules and how they shape up with strength of schedule and opponent win totals, Colin... Because yeah. you shouldn't look at the record from last year because a lot changed, right? Like right. Tom Brady's not there anymore. Right. Tampa, forget about that. The team you have been down on, the Atlanta Falcons, have you seen some of the buzz? Easiest schedule I don't care. in the league. I know you don't. I know. Can I throw one look more at the thing? Quarter, we'll, maybe we'll do it later. Look at the quarterback's face. You just did it for Chicago. Here's another edge to Chicago. Late in the year when the weather stinks in Chicago, Dome Team Detroit in Chicago. Dome Team Arizona in Chicago. It's fair. Dome Team Atlanta in Chicago. The Bears get three Dome teams having to face 28-mile-an-hour wins at Soldier. I thought that for the Lions last year, they went into New York and beat my Jets. They went into Green Bay and beat the Packers. I'm just saying. No, no, definitely there's something there. Yeah. They get Dome teams late in the season at Soldier Field in that weather. That is a big scheduling break. Want more Herd? The Herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search Herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. The code is Herd, H-E-R-D. New customers can bet 5 bucks, get $150 instantly in bonus bets. That's only at DraftKings Sportsbook and only with the code Herd, H-E-R-D. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. 
VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So there's some teams I've said, I think Jordan Love and Justin Fields got very favorable schedules. Jets brutal, Dolphins favorable. Chiefs brutal, Jags favorable. So I think both Dallas and Baltimore got favorable schedules. What do they have in common? New coordinator, new receivers for the Ravens. Cowboys have a new receiver. And Mike McCarthy's calling the plays. So what don't you want to happen with Baltimore or Dallas? A turbulent start. The Wolves come out. So Dallas gets very lucky here. End of the year, they got to face Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions. That is a gauntlet of high-powered offenses. But early in the season, as Mike McCarthy, who's taken over the play-calling duties, Brandon Cooks trying to work him in, Tony Pollard off an injury, they face Aaron Rodgers at home week two. Uh, a month later, they face on the road, might as well be a home game against the Chargers. Schedule toughens up then. But Dallas got a break. First six weeks, two elite quarterbacks, one at home, and the one at home, Aaron, is on a short week. It's always a disadvantage. A quarterback goes on the road, short week, advantage Dak Prescott. Aaron's working with new receivers, new system, new environment, short week in Dallas. So it's not a gauntlet until December when you've worked out the kinks potentially. So I look at this, and I think Dallas got a little break. Mike McCarthy calling plays, work out the kinks, get Brandon Cooks live games up to speed. You get Aaron on a short week at home. You don't get Aaron later off a bye. You don't get Aaron when he's got it humming in October. You get Aaron in week two. He's not going to play in the preseason. You're not giving Aaron a lot of preseason snaps. It'll be the second time Aaron opens up. Bills Monday night. Short week jet. I like Dallas. Now, Baltimore, similarly. Baltimore's got a new OC. They've got two new receivers. One a rookie, one OBJ. Look at Baltimore's early schedule. Now, they're in a division where you got Joe Burrow, right, a couple times. And, oh, you got Deshaun Watson a couple times. No. From September 10th, their opener, to the end of October, they face two rookie quarterbacks, C.J. Stroud, we presume, in Houston, right? That Houston. And then they face the Colts, and it could be Anthony Richardson. So they could potentially face two rookie quarterbacks, Arizona's backup quarterback. That's a break. No Kyler, the backup. Young Kenny Pickett, they get him early October. And in Tennessee, by October 15th, you may get Will Levis if they're not happy with Ryan Tannehill. Because we all know Will Levis is going to get a shot as a second-round pick to play at some point. So if you look at this, Dallas... New play caller, new offensive pieces, Tony Pollard off an injury, Zeke gone. Get Aaron on a short week. Get a little breaks in the schedule to work out the kinks. Baltimore's got new faces, new coordinator, OBJ, Zay Flowers. A lot of young quarterbacks, backup quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks. Lamar can slowly work into it. So Dak and Lamar shouldn't be in a lot of shootouts with new play callers. I think it's an advantage for both the Cowboys and the Ravens. J-Mac, you're looking at me. What do you got? So that Ravens schedule is interesting. It said week six versus Titans in London. Did you see who they play right before that? Pittsburgh Steelers, a heated rival. Historically, after the week after the Steelers, the Ravens are beat up. You know, they put everything into that game. You see that week five game? It's an exhausting game against Pittsburgh, the rival. Then they've got to go to London to face Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry and that tough running game. Then, no bye week, and you come back and face Detroit. I know it's at home. That's a tougher stretch than it may appear on the oh, surface. That's interesting. Yeah, those 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 AFC North games, those Steeler-Raven games, it's like playing the Niners. You're not the same team. Exactly. The next Teams that faced the Niners last year were 0-16 the following yeah. week. That is not a coincidence. Those are black and blue games. Well, what are they called? The, uh, Norris, uh, yeah. Chris Berman had a funny nickname for it, like yeah. the Norris division. But um, even like leading, even after that, like I know they play Arizona. That's a W. But 
Seattle's going to be good. You know Cleveland what? has a nine and a half win total. The Bengals are maybe the second best team in the league. It's hard, and the Chargers are really good. So that's a that's a late buy to have too. I don't know, man. That's a tougher schedule than it appears. Although you know they get the win with Stroud at the top. I don't think it's that much of a layup, man. Got to go West Coast to San Francisco after flying down to Jacksonville. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm out on the Ravens this year. Out? Out, yeah. No playoffs. We had a very noisy, very noisy offseason. New offensive coordinator. Last year, the Packers had a very noisy offseason. So did Arizona. We've said this, the noisy offseason's bad. Almost always bad. That People would, get distracted. What Arizona. Would you say the Jets offseason is a murmur? <laughs> Little noisy. Not, not now, in fairness, they just had to wrap up a trade. So that, let's not bury the Jets. That's not really a Jets issue. Fair enough. It was a let's get comp. So I don't, I don't consider the Jets offseason noisy. I considered Green Bay's noisy, which is why, to Green Bay's credit, when Aaron came back from the retreat, they're like, get the hell out of this nonsense. So the minute he came out of the retreat and Aaron's like, I'm shocked they got rid. They saw what was happening. Is mm. this Aaron thing was taking over the franchise, and Green Bay said, "You know what? We've made a choice. Get him out of here." So you got to give Green Bay credit for the second straight year. Their off season was really noisy, and they said, "Nope, we're done." So, so you got to give they they didn't. You got to give them credit. Green Bay did a nice job to cut it off. Let's move on. And, and I don't blame the Jets for the noise. They were just trying to get compensation. You're giving Gutekunst uh, a lot of credit. I said earlier this week, I think he's on the chopping block. If they win five games. He's done a very good job. Where? With, with Jordan Love? Drafting Jordan Love? So you're going to... All those hits on all those picks. What hits? They, they, they just missed the, the playoffs. Last time, less, tell me the last time the Packers... I can give you one bust pick. Amari Rodgers, third round receiver out of Clemson, has not played. Accurate. That's a whiff. What about trading up for Jordan Love? When they're in the midst can of we, being the number one seed well, in the NFC like two or three years in a row wait with the MVP. Can I, watch, can I watch him play? A lot of people didn't know your talent until Uncle Colin gave you a shot. <laughs> All right, fair hey. enough. One more herd? The herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. One of my favorite people, Eric Mangini, the former Jets coach, is stopping by today. So I said the NFL tends to front load schedules knowing that TV ratings in September, because the weather's great in America, uh, people are outside doing things on the weekend. They want to get them back to TVs. So they front load the schedule. And then people naturally, organically, in November, December, January, when the weather stinks, they come back in and the ratings go up. So they try to kind of generate some... Talk, you know, some interesting stories. But I did think, you know, Aaron Rodgers, New York, Aaron, polarizing. I looked at that schedule like, God, can you make it harder? It's Josh <laughs> Allen, short week against Dak, Belichick, Mahomes, Sean Payton in Denver in the altitude back home. And I thought, Eric, I'm not saying schedules make a bad team good. That ain't great. That's tough, is it not? Well, it is tough because, look, arguably the two worst teams are New England and, and Denver, but they haven't beaten New England in seven years, and Denver with Sean Payton, who knows what that's going to be like. So it's rough, but here, here's where it's great. Five out of those eight games are at home, and then one of their away games is against the Giants, and it comes after their bye week. So as hard as that is, they, they lucked out with the fact that there's, I mean, it's essentially six out of their first eight games are all home games. Now if you if you look at that versus what the Giants got dealt with. Oh good lord. This is this looks like a this looks like an absolute gift. <laughs> yeah, the Giants you might as well just get on a plane now. I mean they're gonna be circling America. <laughs> Colin, how about the fact they have three games in eleven days and two of them are on the on the West Coast. They've got a Monday night game and then they then they go to Arizona and then they've got a Thursday night following that and and it's an unprecedented amount of, of way games to, to start the season. It's it's brutal. It's like it's like they made the schedulers angry in New York. <laughs> they made the playoffs and were so boring. The NFL was ticked <laughs> off. <We're> gonna... <laughs> They're like that. We're going to do everything we can to make sure that doesn't happen again. <laughs> we don't want Daniel Jones in the playoffs. <laughs> so I did say this though. You got to take the train, and we all do this. We've done well in our lives. We don't want to baby our kids, but we want them to have a better life than us. And I look at 
I, I look at Jordan Love and I think <laughs> he gets an offensive coach that's been there three years. They just went and got two good tight ends. He gets an emerging star receiver, better than average O-line. He learned for three years in a wonky division. And then I looked at their schedule yesterday, and I'm like, <laughs> and, and it's not exactly a gauntlet. Eric, I don't mean to be harsh, but when I look at this, you know, it's a lot of Desmond Ritters, and it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of <laughs> bad defenses from last year. My takeaway is, Eric, by week five, when that Raider game is over, I'm going to have a strong opinion on him. I'm not waiting for the season. This is not a guy that's coming fresh out of college. This is not a guy like Joe Burrow that's behind an offensive line that's Swiss cheese. I think we need to make a decision pretty quickly on on Jordan Love. Is That seems fair to me. It's it's 100% fair. You've had three years to learn behind a future Hall of Fame quarterback. You've been in the system. You know what it's like to be a pro. Here's the thing that bothers me about, about Jordan Love is that the contract extension or revision that he signed. To me, that screams that the team doesn't really have faith in him because because they want to they want to uh, minimize their downside and not even guarantee twenty million dollars next year. And then he doesn't have confidence in himself in, in the fact that he's going to take less money than he could if he if he bets on himself this year and then either gets the the uh, the franchise tag like you saw in New York and and hits it really big. It, that was that that extension. I get how it works for the team, and I get it gives them some security, but it screams insecurity on both his part and on Green Bay's part. Philadelphia last year had a little bit of a layup. J Mac, I remember preseason said they're winning 12, 13 games. Look at that schedule, and I was like, I don't know, Jalen Hurts, and then Jalen Hurts had a great year, but schedule matters. I look at the Eagles' schedule this year. That's a first place schedule, uh, Eric. <laughs> what did you make of it? Yeah, look, I think I think the schedule's rough, and I think that a lot of people assume that they've got a pretty easy road back to the Super Bowl, but they've got a lot of things to overcome, Colin. They've got to overcome expectations. They've got to overcome what it's like to, to, to lose the Super Bowl and and then, you know, everybody getting used to, to dealing with being a successful team. Yeah. You and I have talked about that a thousand times. They've got two new coordinators. They've got a quarterback that just got a new deal, and we know quarterbacks on new deals tend to push things along. There are some major obstacles outside of this schedule, which is which is you know rough that they have to overcome. This is going to be a lot different season, I think, for the Eagles than what we saw last year. I mean, look at this, Eric. Keep that on the screen, guys. So week five at Stafford, week six at Aaron Rodgers, week seven, Mike McDaniel, Tua. Divisional games by at Mahomes, Josh Allen, Niners at Dak, Northwest at Seattle. Aaron, Eric, that's 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 a stretch. You're not going seven, eight, knowing that stretch to me. No, you're not. Now, depending on what happens with, with the Giants, you know those, those last three weeks. Hopefully, the Giants are are strong and competitive, and those are good games. But New York, Arizona, New York. Who knows? Who knows how that could go? They may get a little bit of potential relief there. Yeah, but that that stretch, the Kansas City, Buffalo, San Fran, Dallas, Seattle stretch. After thankfully they have the buy at you know leading into that. That's that's a pretty rough four games. Okay, Justin Fields, Chicago. Justin Fields, I'm sixty forty. It's gonna work. But now here's my take. They went and got him DJ Moore. So now he's got Claypool, Mooney, and DJ Moore. That's good enough. They got Tanya in the tight end. Cole Komet Tanya. That's good enough. That's legitimate. Not top of the league. It's not close to the bottom. Now their offensive line, PFF ranked at 14th. They went and got a right tackle in the draft. May have reached, but a good player. I'm kind of done with the excuses. I looked at their early schedule. Again, like Green Bay and Jordan Love, uh, you start looking at that schedule. Yes, they face Mahomes. That's a toughie. But I see a Jordan Love game, a Baker Mayfield game, a Sam Howell game, a Jimmy Garoppolo game. Later, I see a, a Bryce Young game. I don't know, Eric. That looks like to me there's a – I'll give you a loss to Herbert and Mahomes on the road. I'll give you that. And maybe Jared Goff. I think you got to win nine or ten games with that schedule. Yeah, you forgot they added Deontay Foreman from Carolina. I really like him. They added two linebackers that, that – 
you know, should be significant on, on their defense. They've done a lot this offseason. He, here's what I love. I love that he went back to college and got his degree. I love that. And and you can do so many things in the offseason, but to choose to go back and, and finish something like that, to me, screams maturity. Yeah. And, you know, we, we, talk, we, we talk about it all the time with the quarterbacks where you look at them and you say they're not mature, they're not giving the team what, what you hope to. That to me is a, is a great a great sign. Now, how much he can progress as a true passer, how much he can stop relying on just his feet to, to solve problems, because he's got a bunch of guys that can help him solve problems if he'll just let them. Yeah. But I I love the the maturity aspect of it, and you know takes some anywhere close to the strides that Jalen Hurts took. Chicago should win a lot of games and make a lot of noise in that that division. How about the Detroit Lions opening? Against the Chiefs Thursday night at Amazon. What do you make of that? I, I didn't love it. I didn't love it. I, I looked at it and I thought every time that we were in New England after we won a Super Bowl, it was a team that we had either played and it was a, a close dramatic game and we opened with them. But now they're open with a team that didn't even make the playoffs. And, and I was wondering how often that happened. It's happened twice before, but it was both the Dallas Cowboys. So you get it. Okay, the Cowboys are always anointed. So you, and, and they've got a great TV audience. And, and I look. It was a feel-good story. They beat the they beat Green Bay at the end and knock Aaron Rodgers. I get all that, but it's it's a little early to to give him to, to anoint him. <laughs> I don't know. It just it just seemed like a, a lot. It seemed like a lot. Also, and and I thought it was going to be a totally different opponent for for Kansas City. Sean start. McVay and Andy Reid in September. No fun. All they do in the offseason <laughs> is work on plays. Andy Reid off a bye and Andy Reid in September. And this one, you get both. Like, that's just not yeah. the, it's the last. I, whoever played that game was going to lose. I, this could be Detroit could be way over their skis on this one. Oh, boy. But yeah, the opening, the opening game is always rough. The opening game when the other team's lowering a banner from a Super Bowl. Oh, boy. I mean, that emotion is, that emotion is running so high. That it's, I mean, you should be really hard to beat at home for yeah. your Kansas City or Fox, any Super Bowl champ. Yep, Fox Sports, Eric Mangini. It is great seeing you as always. Great I'm, seeing you, Colin. All right, get out here to L.A. so I can buy you dinner. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.